Welcome to the Fod Eater Fod Pass. <laughs> what is up, everybody? It is Froth here, Thought Eater Podcast, Thought Eater Blog. Hope you're doing well, and I appreciate you listening. Really appreciate you listening. Uh, so, back again with another episode of Sunday Zine Club. I've uh, been really enjoying doing these, kind of collecting. Uh, zine-related news and features and everything, and I uh, talk about them here on the podcast, and then I compile all the links I talk about over at the Thought Eater blog. You can just Google Thought Eater blog or go to froth, froth.dnd.blogspot.com, and yeah, you know, when I was starting this, I was uh, kind of worried, or not worried, I was kind of anticipating these shows being a lot shorter than the Hump Day Bloggerama show. Uh, because I figured I'd be finding less stuff, but uh, it turns out, if you're paying attention, there is a ton of zine material just every week. Now, part of that, of course, is Zine Quest, which is ongoing throughout the month of February, so I have a ton of Zine Quest stuff to share with you. Um, coverage, new launches, new stuff I'm backing, new stuff I'm following, so a lot of that. And uh, by the time you're listening to this, probably the first, uh, you know, the first wave uh, will have kind of come and gone. You'll have missed, the, missed your chance. So be sure to check these out. We'll get into that. And I've got my regular grab bag of features. I've got some new releases that are not uh, part of Zine Quest to talk about. Really special feature. I've got a interview with James Malashevsky of Grognardia fame and creator of the excellent traveling volume zine for Empire of the Petal Throne. So James joins the club this week. Looking forward to sharing that with you. And then uh, the icing on the cake, the freezing of the week, the ever popular freezing of the week. So jam-packed show, tons to get to. First, I've got a few call-ins I'm going to share with you. Uh, first, I got one from Tim Shorts, Gothridge Manor. They're uh, hunters in death. Uh, Zine Quest Kickstarter has been, you know, like. 3,000% funded or something like that. I don't know, it was very successful. And uh, anyway, when I interviewed Tim on the first one of these, first Sunday Zine Club, and we were talking about our, our jealousy of, of Ray Otis from Plundergrounds, who I interviewed for the second episode. And uh, you know, we were talking about our jealousy of, uh, of, of Ray's artistic talent. And I may have taken it a little too far. Hey, Froth, it's Tim Shorts of Gothridge Manor, and I've been listening to your uh, Zine Club podcast. The first one on Ray, excellent to hear Ray. I I don't remember ever saying I was going to kill him in his sleep. I think I just said he sucked. He took it to a level, I don't know, I don't know, maybe you're venting some of your hostility, Froth. I'm not sure what's going on there, but uh, great interview with him. And then it was interesting to listen to Nate. He's someone I've never... Uh, spoken to, but always appreciated his work and everything. So, uh, excellent job on the Zine Club. Keep it going, man. You're doing a great job. So, take care. We'll talk soon. Thank you, Tim. And I, I must just have misremembered or something. I don't know. I thought stabbing the sleep was was, but uh, maybe it's just something you know, deep in my in my psyche. But anyway, uh, I appreciate the positive comments and, uh, yeah, also making reference to the Nate Tremay, um, episode, uh, 
Uh, I've been really enjoying doing these interviews. Um, so I, I'll mention it later, but uh, if you're a zine creator, um, and you're interested in talking about upcoming projects or, or things like that, you know, reach out to me and we can, we can f try to figure it out. Um, so anyway, speaking of zine creators, I got a message here from uh, Goblin's Henchman. Let's check that out. Hi, Froth. It's Goblin's Henchman here. Just finished listening to your recent zine um, club with Nate. And at one point I heard you mention that you were going to or thinking about doing a uh, zine involving rock grubs or all rock grubs. Well, uh, I did once make a rock, uh, once did make a, a hex flower called Where Did the Rock Grub Go Next? And the idea is the hex flower tracks where the rock grub is bur burrowing in your body. And if it gets to your heart, then it kills you. So if that idea appeals to you, I'm very happy for you to uh, uh, use it. Um, maybe I'll, if, you, if it's of interest, I can gussy it up for you so it looks a little bit nicer than it does currently. But uh, obviously, it's, if it's of no interest, then no problem. And uh, I'm not quite sure who's, who's tap dancing on the roof there, but uh, I'll, uh, I'll wrap it up. Cheers, fella. Bye. Goblin's Henchman there, uh, creator of the Carapace zine, uh, goblinshenchman.wordpress.com. Does these cool hex flower generators, kind of like a random table and a hex map mixed together. And uh, anyway, I appreciate the offer on the rock grubs, but, you know, I do um, uh, pocket mod little zines. And so um, with the have to edit down to you know be able to fit stuff in there and i've already got the rock grub thing kind of planned out i just need to put it together i've got um, some great art from evelyn moreau for it i found this uh this awesome uh public domain image for it and the basic idea it's called feast of the heart eaters and um the the pcs will just be in this little town where um this old woman's you know, out, you know, like barn, um, uh, has, uh, collapsed a few months earlier during a storm. And so finally in the spring, all the townspeople are coming to, you know, salvage what wood they can of it and kind of help rebuild. So the whole town is out, animals, kids, everything. And just a few minutes into digging through the wood, it's rot grub city. And, uh, so the whole thing is just like the PCs having to save as many people as they can. You know, you get XP based on whether you save them and they're still intact or how many body parts you have to lop off to keep the rot grubs from getting to the heart. So it's a gross out thing. It's a total gross out thing. Uh, I make no apologies for that. It's just a gross out rot grub thing so um it's still trying to put that together i i end up having my wife help me with the the layout and stuff because i'm so terrible at it i'm an ideas guy right but anyway i appreciate you calling in and uh yeah that sounds cool i like the idea of doing one where it's like where does the rock grub go so that's a creative idea and uh anyway i appreciate you listening and calling in and finally Got a message from Alone in the Labyrinth, whose Pariah ZineQuest project I was talking about uh, last week. It's probably already funded, maybe by the time you're listening to this. I mean, you know, ended. But if not, check it out. The artwork is stunning. This one's going to be great. So uh, let's hear what they have to say. 
Hey, Froth, this is Sofinio from the Alone in the Labyrinth uh, blog and podcast. Just calling in to say thank you, thank you, thank you for um, the support you've shown to Pariah, the Zinquest, and on your Zinquest show. It's awesome. Um, but yeah, also wanted to say thanks for the really good advice to everyone about Zinquest, which was, and it was probably too little too late for me, but... There's so many good projects going on that it's worth setting yourself a budget from the outset, how much you're willing to spend this inquest, sticking to it, holding off on uh, projects until, you know, don't back uh, them straight away, but um, just wait because you never know another one which you like even more might pop up and then, yeah, just all really sound advice. Wish I'd heard it before, um, but yeah. Thank you so much for the hard work you do on the show and on the Hump Day uh, Bloggerama as well. All good stuff. Keep on doing what you're doing, bruv. Um, take care. Bye. Sofinho, a.k.a. Alone in the Labyrinth there. And my pleasure mentioning Pariah. How can I not? The thing is just uh, looks stunning. I love the ideas behind it. So it's going to come up again here um, uh, today and uh, some other folks' uh, coverage of ZineQuest. And I appreciate... Uh, what you said about my tips as well, and we'll see how I'm doing on it. We'll see how I'm doing if I'm practicing what I preach here. So we're going to get into that right now. Thank you for uh, uh, again for for the message, and my pleasure covering this stuff. If other people have projects coming out, you know, part of the reason I'm calling this Sunday Zine Club, I'm trying to. I know it's practically impossible on a, a podcast to. To have a kind of club or community feel, I mean, part, you know, Anchor does help a little bit by allowing people to call in and everything, but uh, the, the way I'm, I'm hoping things develop is that uh, people feel free to, to reach out and let me know what's going on, you know, I, I do my best to follow things and I, I follow a ton of blogs and I do keep an eye out and probably catch, um, a good bit of, of what's going on, but at the same time, I'm not perfect and I'm not everywhere. So if you've got something you want me to take a look at, review, um, a new release, anything like that, feel free to reach out to me and I can help try to boost the signal for you. That's the whole idea. So, but anyway, um, thank you, uh, Sofino, and uh, I'm looking forward to Pariah. Trust me on that one. All right, so let's get into some ZineQuest stuff. Now, that first wave of ZineQuest release has likely funded and come and gone by the chan- the time you're listening to this, but what can I do? I plug it, I link it, that's all I can do. If you missed it, you missed it. The good news is more stuff is coming out every day, uh, even by the time I'm done recording this. You know, during the recording process, there's probably more launched, so... The best place for you to keep up with all the ZineQuest releases, as well as the data involved and uh, and some cool stuff to, to, to ponder and check out, is undoubtedly over at Pandatheist blog, the Bonebox Chant. Boneboxchant.wordpress.com. Not only do you have an alphabetical list of all of the ZineQuest releases, as well as their end date, the prices for different things broken down, their goals, and everything else, it's also got uh, interesting stuff like the total amount spent on zines. It's constantly updated. As of this recording, it's just about at the $400,000 mark for the, the money spent on zines during ZineQuest, which is just amazing. 
It's got, uh, as of this recording, the total number of zines, 178. So getting close to about twice as many as last year. Hopefully, I'd love to see it double last year's. And of that 178, 136 have funded. So uh, that's just fantastic. So many people getting support. Top 10 zines by backer count. Right now, uh, the Artifact, way out in front with almost 2,500 backers. Uh, Beak, Feather, and Bone, the map labeling RPG that I mentioned last week, has about 1,500 backers, and uh, that really appealed to a lot of people. That's really cool. So all of this stuff uh, is, is uh, on display for you over at boneboxchant.wordpress.com. Much more helpful than the Kickstarter page as far as navigating this. So huge thanks to Pandatheus for putting this together. Uh, Pandatheus also put up uh, another post uh, called Zine Quest Part 2 where they break down some of the other choices and things that they're following. So I've got both links for that for you up over at the Thought Eater blog. A couple other things. Bernie the Flump has launched Them's Monsters for Dungeon Crawl Classics as part of Zine Quest. I've got a release link from BernieTheFlump.blogspot.com as well as Justin Ryan Isaac's Punverse blog, punverse.blogspot.com, talking about it. If you're into Dungeon Crawl Classics, these look really good. And Clayton Nodestein's been doing some awesome coverage of Zine Quest with these previews of different zines, breaking them down. They've got one up over the explorersco.com for mall kids. More mall, more kids previewing it. This one's just got a couple of days left, uh, so be sure and check that out. And uh, check out some of the other previews that... Uh, uh, that Clayton's done over there. Grogzilla has been released. This is an announced post from Sorcerer Under Mountain, sorcererundermountain.d101games.com, full of fire-breathing, three-headed, skyscraper-sized giant lizards. And so this is also has stats for D100 systems as well as OSR games. Grogzilla. Uh, Daniel Perez of the Zine of Wonders Power reached out and let me know about uh, their new Kickstarter. I've got a couple of their Zines of Wonders Power that I'm diving into to talk a little bit about next week. But this is Zine of Wonders Power number three, the Ioun Codex, a fantasy tabletop RPG zine exploring Ioun stones, their origin, creation, uses, and more. Looks like these Zines of Wonders Power kind of focus on different magic items and stuff. So the Ioun Codex is launched, just launched, and is already funded. And so they're looking to raise money for some, some art and stuff like that. Looks mostly like written already. So go and check this one out. I've got a link to it. And uh, so, yeah, congratulations on that funding already, Daniel. The Ioun Codex, Zine of Wonders Power number three. Tim Knight, over one of my favorite blogs, Hero Press, HeroPress2.blogspot.com. It's got three more picks, including Pariah that we already talked about. Looks absolutely amazing. Can't wait for that one. What about mutants? Think cats, but with superpowers. Mutants. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's right up my corny alley. <laughs> uh, nice little puns and all that. And then, uh, hey, for the Wu-Tang fans like myself, 36 Stranger Chambers. So check out some of these picks from, uh, from Tim Knight over at Hero Press. Valakia, a micro-setting zine inspired by Ravenloft and Darkest Dungeon. A grim setting has been launched. Uh, this is an announced post, announcement post over at Stronghold Press Games, strongholdpress.blogspot.com. That's up funding now from the Bad Gamer. You can check that out. 
And then finally, so many of these ZineQuest zines have been uh, supporting this trophy system. If you're like me, you're hearing a lot about trophy, but don't know much about it. Uh, it turns out it's uh, it's released from it's part. It was originally released in the Zine Codex from the Gauntlet, and over at CannibalHalflingGaming.com, they're talking about the game Trophy and breaking it down. It's kickstarting now. You know, it's vastly expanded from from what it was in the Zine. It's gonna be three books, and uh, you see a lot of different Zine Quest Kickstarters. Uh, making zines to support trophies such as Sunken, Candlelight, Oligarchy, and more. So if you're looking at some of those zines, thinking about them, want to know more about trophy, um, I've got this link. This is Aaron Marks discussing it over at CannibalHalflingGaming.com. All right, so last week I was talking about my goals. Uh, to try to back around 15, keep it around 150 bucks. How am I doing? Well, I'm up. I'm, I'm definitely at 150 bucks, and I'm, I've got 13 backed so far. So I'm thinking I can allow myself one or two more, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, but what have I backed since last week? I went ahead and jumped in on a couple that I was watching last week. The Company RPG Corporate Survival Horror. Jumped in on that one, as well as One of Us. Sideshow Salvation in a Dystopian Dust Bowl. A weird Americana setting for DCC. Uh, so those, I couldn't resist them. Uh, Jumped off the fence and, and, and grabbed them. Company was a little bit more expensive, but it's actually two zines. One's like a rule book, and one's a like a GM book. So, but I love the idea of, uh, of corporate survival horror, and uh, and then I've been watching the circus documentary, and I loved Carnival and 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 stuff like that. So one of us was one that I ended up having to back. As far as other new things that I backed, Barrow Keep. Den of Spies by R. Rook Studios. This one looked really good. A low prep, old school setting uh, where you play the young residents of a keep coming of age while dealing with mysteries, treacheries, and intrigues. I liked the idea of generating your own keep and then I liked kind of the the young adult angle that it was taking and uh, thought it might even be fun to play with my daughter. So Barrow Keep, I backed that one. Also backed, you got a job on the garbage barge from Amanda Lee Frank. An OSR-style setting adventure and a hundred kinds of trash. The artwork on this one looked great, and I love the garbage barge concept, so back that one. And then maybe the one that I want to fund the most, but uh, of all the ones I backed, it just doesn't have any momentum behind it right now. I, wish, I hope that changes, because this looks like uh, something completely different. The Poodle Fancier's Club. An RPG game about mean housewives. Nasty housewives vying to be in charge of their local dog club. You become a bitter, warped, and shallow housewife. Your goal in the game is to cause as much drama as possible while pretending that you hate all the drama. So, yeah, I'm really hoping people back this one. The sense of humor looks really wicked and it looks really fun. Desperate codpiece games. The Poodle Fancier's Club. An RPG game about mean housewives. So check that one out. What am I watching right now? Well, I'm following along with Casketland. Uh, this is one for Powered by the Apocalypse, uh, you know, uh, Apocalypse World System. Rising Water, Avoid King, and a Reaching Shadow. Can you survive what waits for you in the swamps of Casketland? The cool thing about this is you follow the link, and it's already got the game's already completed. You can download it for free and take a look at it. And I really liked it and the artwork and everything. I'm not super versed in uh, Powered by the Apocalypse games, but um, this one still appeals to me. 
And if you want to just check out the system, you can go ahead and download that. Uh, winter Harvest. I like to look at this one because it's, it's much more wholesome than some of the stuff I've been backing. From Kate Jean. A tabletop RPG about woodland animals building a home to withstand the seasons using the power of memories, food, and community. Winter Harvest. And one of the reasons I'm looking at this one is someone that I follow on Twitter who I always appreciate and, and enjoy. Uh, talented cartographer that I'd, I'd, I'd put on Hump Day Blogorama before. And I love their drawings. They kind of do like a pointillism style thing. Uh, they're doing some, some drawings for this. Abigail Lalonde which is uh, just a real quality person, someone I, I enjoy interacting with. They've got some artwork for this. It's absolutely perfect, nice and wholesome, like I say, compared to some of the other stuff that I'm backing. <laughs> I, I need a little winter harvest. <laughs> you know, I, I need some woodland animals after some of this stuff. So anyway, uh, this is Winter Harvest. It, uh, it's just recently launched, so check that out. That's what I'm following. Following along with Primeval for the Mothership game. Any other time, I would have already backed this like immediately, just reflexively, but I've got so much money out in the, the Kickstarters, I'm having to kind of wait and see on that one. But it looks cool. A Jungle Moon Adventure Module for Mothership. So Primeval, and it's, it's, it's funded you know over 700% already. So um, anyway. And then the other one that caught my eye so far on this, this kind of second wave, second and third wave of, of releases, the Gaslight Club. A ZineQuest role-playing game of theme park deception and awakening androids. So this has kind of a Westworld-type theme to it, set in the 1920s. And uh, it, it just seemed really interesting. So I'm following along with that one to kind of see where it goes, the Gaslight Club. But anyway, so I'm pretty much on target. Um, I'm at the danger zone now, though. Uh, so I'm going to probably just allow myself one or two more. There's a couple other things that I'm following that I haven't seen released yet. I'm recording this on Saturday, so we'll, we'll, we'll see where it goes. But I'm safe as of right now. <laughs> All right, some great stuff in the grab bag this week. Starting over at Jack Shear's blog, Tales of the Grotesque and Dungeonesque. They put up a post, The Inspiration Zine. And they have made this up as a free download. It presents four different ways to use the inspiration mechanics in 5e D&D. Uh, so the inspiration scene and it's got two different formats one for uh, you know like a screen reader and one that you can print out and fold yourself and have the zine so very cool free download the inspiration zine from Jack Shear over at Tales of the Grotesque and Dungeness.blogspot.com another free one Matt Jackson at msjx.org the 10 foot zine issue one they've put this up to where you can download it for free so that's really cool and uh, so check that out. Be sure and download that 10-foot zine. Over the OSR Grimoire, love this blog, Paleo Logos. They have been going through all of the old TSR newsletters, the strategic reviews, and now they're reviewing strategic review number three. There's a link embedded in here where you can open it up and read through uh, strategic review number three yourself. And so uh, I love these retrospective posts looking back at the old strategic reviews. So that's at osrgrimoire.com. At Blackgate, Adventures in Fantasy Literature, blackgate.com, they're talking about the new uh, Journal of the Traveler's Aid Society releases that are coming out. This is a post, Reviving the Rich History of Traveler. And Traveler comes up a few times uh, during this episode. So if you want to check this out, looking at uh, the reboot of the Traveler's Aid Society journals, that's at blackgate.com. Finally, on the grab bag, 
28 is a uh, extremely high production value wargaming zine, you know, like 28 millimeters. And the, uh, the, the first one is out, and they're announced, uh, they've been announcing number two coming out. And I actually saw a post today just had the, the number one on it. So I think it may be out by the time you're listening to this, if you're listening to this on Sunday. So I've got a link to like this announcement post and then a link to the download. So you can download volume one for free if you haven't checked it out. So if you're into Wargaming, you know, Warhammer and stuff like this, uh, download this for sure. It's it's really, really good. That's at, uh, sorry, that's at 28-mag.com. All right, so you know this um, this new show. This is only the fourth episode, Sunday Zine Club. It's kind of a work in progress as far as how um, I'm going to lay these out. You know, it took me a while to to exactly get the format down for Hump Day Bloggerama. This is maybe the same way, and uh, so I'm looking at uh, kind of. I know that I'm going to do some kind of feature at the top of the show, some kind of grab bag with stuff that I've noticed. Um, definitely try to do as many interviews as I can and always have the free zine of the week. Uh, but I'm trying out something new today with some new releases, um, mainly stuff that I spotted over at drive through. I tried to go over to itch.io and, and search for new zine releases, but I can't figure out, maybe somebody can help me out. I can't figure out how to filter it by, uh, the date that stuff, something was uploaded. So when I was searching through the zines, even like the first thing that came up was from back in 2017, I'm trying to keep these on a week-to-week basis, um, but anyway, and uh, if anybody else has a new release that's coming out or has just been released, let me know about it and I'll, and I'll put it up. But anyway, I've got links over to the Hippogriff zine, um, issue three, love and friendship, talking about paladins, love and friendship, and stuff like that. Then there's a cool one, Escape from Dryden Keep, where it's a pamphlet uh, zine you can print. But from William Cord, there I was mentioning this I Hunt game on uh, Hump Day Bloggerama recently, and the I Hunt Zine Number Two, Wrong Things Right, is out. That's an interesting game about hunting monsters in the gig economy with like this app. Uh, very different, cool game. So that I Hunt Zine is out. There's Dungeon Vault Magazine Number Four with uh, adventures, high resolution maps, roll twenty maps. This is for five E. Dungeon Vault Magazine looks really nice. Got a link to that. Uh, let's see. Yeah, and Escape from Dry and Keep that I mentioned. That's that's pay what you want. These other ones are paid so far. Uh, then there's Scrawl Zine number one. This is a, a pay what you want. And that's for a game called Scrawl. That's also a pay what you want game if you want to check that out. Uh, Rollmaster Fanzine issue number 33 is, is up. The February 2020 issue so if you're in a role master might want to take a look at that one and then ray otis had sent me a couple uh that they they were checking out back when i interviewed them uh, i've got links to these ones in toth's wake a pulp adventure for fate core system this is from zine quest last year but it's out now in wide release and then also uh i don't know if this one was from zine quest or not but hair metal horror glam metal rpg zine number one Looks great. Uh, the print edition, Forged in the Dark. So I guess that's what uh, um, sort of a morphed Apocalypse World system, Blades in the Dark, kind of based off that. 
quick play rules, a chilling scenario, hair metal horror. So anyway, if you're interested in any of these, I've got links up where you can check these all out, these new releases. If anybody knows how I can filter, uh, <laughs> how I can filter on, uh, on etch, uh, to, to show the new stuff coming up on there. Or if you know of any new releases that are just, you know, fresh, you know, fresh hitting the presses you want to let me know about them be sure and reach out to me all right so i am thrilled to have as a guest on sunday zine club today famed legendary blogger of the grognardia blog creator of the thousand suns sci-fi rpg game uh author and contributor of uh, too many products named the, the cursed chateau and many more, and perhaps most pertinent to this discussion, uh, the creator of the Empire of the Petal Throne zine, the excellent traveling volume, James Malashevsky. Welcome to the club. Hi, thanks for having me. And uh, as we were talking a little bit before this, I haven't spoken to you since my stint in your Traveler game. I uh, I heard you mention you know that that has wrapped up. Are you getting to do any other gaming recently or? Uh, yes, I um, yes, that did wrap up. I guess it was, um, gee, it was sometime before the new year. I think um, it had gone on for two and a half years, so that's a good long run. Um, but uh, as far as gaming, yeah, I still have my um, my Empire of the Pell Throne campaign, which is just a couple weeks shy of five years that it's been running. So that's that's a good long time, and that that's going strong. And uh, I'm playing in a RuneQuest campaign. By one of the run by one of the players that was in the Traveler campaign, so the same slot Monday nights, but now it's RuneQuest. So uh, uh, yeah. is that uh, the the newer RuneQuest or the new one? Yes, the role playing in Glorantha, the the current edition, which I had never played before. And I haven't actually gotten to look at that. Is it is it pretty much the same, or have they added a lot of different? They've added a lot to it. It, it is recognizably the same game as uh, RuneQuest from the 80s, but uh, they've added a lot more detail to it. Uh, some things they've borrowed from Pendragon, like the Passions system from Pendragon is a version of it exists in there. The new game is a lot more, um, it's less generic and very strongly rooted in the setting of Glorantha. So it's a bit more complex, but you get a lot from it, I think. it's uh, It's been a good game. I've enjoyed it. And I saw uh, Ramanon from Save versus Total Party Kill mention uh, in a conversation that, that they'd gotten to play with you some recently. And I guess Dyson Logos is in one of your games, right? Yes, Dyson is in my EPT campaign. He's one of the original players, been there since March of 2015. Because um, we started with six players, and four of them are still the same since then. Uh, and then Rom, uh, since he's local, uh, I get together with him and uh, a couple of other people, uh, uh, Brendan uh, from uh, Necropraxis blog. Yeah. Um, he also plays, we were playing um, Simbaroom, the, uh, that Swedish. RPG. Yes, I picked that up. I haven't had a chance to play it, though. It looks amazing, though. Yeah, it's a tr it's, that's another fascinating and fun game. The setting is really quite compelling. So we haven't met for a few weeks, but it's kind of irregular, but we do get together. See, where I'm going with this is I'm thinking y'all, with, with a crew like that, I'm thinking like a critical role type thing, you know. <laughs> <across>. <laughs> uh, 
I, to be honest, I've never understood the appeal of watching other people play RPGs just because a lot of times the sessions are, I don't know, unless you're actually already invested in the game, I think they're kind of boring sometimes. But uh, I don't know, maybe people would be interested. It's, uh, it's, it's a strange phenomenon. I would not have expected even a few years ago that something like that would have taken off. But yet here we are. It's a really big thing. And speaking of big things, with uh, Zine Quest going right now, uh, there are just tons of zines coming out. Something I've been asking everybody that comes on the show is kind of like their uh, their zine origin story. And I've gone back and looked at some of the old Grognardia posts where you just kind of talk, you know, mention it a little bit. But were your first zines that you ever saw were they gaming related, or was it something else, or do you even remember? Uh, the first ones that I remember seeing, uh, there were two kinds of zines I saw. Um, there were gaming ones. Only irregularly did I ever see them. Mostly they were like um, game uh, gatherings, games days, where people would get together like at a local library. And some of the older guys, like high schoolers and, and university and even older, they would have zines and I'd see them then because I didn't know where you would ever get them back in the in the, like the 80s um but they were around and i would see them and think oh this is really fascinating and then the other ones i remember seeing even more strongly were sci-fi related ones particularly relating to star trek uh there were a lot of star trek zines and i used to see people have those and they used to have them like in uh, hobby shops and uh, bookstores and things like that so they were the first zines i ever remember seeing but honestly I, I i didn't was not a reader or a buyer of them for the most part until um i guess it would have been the late 80s early 90s and then there were traveler zines and so i knew people who made them and uh i i would buy them and uh, that those were the first ones that i actually had any direct serious connection to yeah next to um dungeons and dragons and and D&D variants, there are so many traveler zines um, out there, including some that have just been really long running and are still, you know, um, coming out. Uh, I wonder why that is. I mean, I guess just because it was one of the first games as part of it, but I wonder why in particular it seems just second only to D&D with a number of zines. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's an interesting question. Um... I first got into writing partially as a result, not specifically of zines, but of the Traveler sort of fan community, because uh, around the time that um, Mega Traveler came out and the whole rebellion thing was happening, there was sort of a, a coalition of different uh, fan organizations in Traveler who came together to form this thing called the History of the Imperium Working Group. And they exchanged information and they produced zines. Uh, and from that, they um, started recruiting, like would encourage people to write and submit stuff to GW. And that was sort of how I began, uh, began writing. Um, but I don't know. It's an interesting observation. It's true. Traveler has a lot of zines uh, and has always had them. Um, I don't know why that is. I really don't know. I mean, I think part of it is maybe, much like D&D, &D, it's very easy to, to create and add things to Traveler because it's got all those systems built in about the you know, subsector generation, the creation of you know starships and, and alien life and things of that sort. So it's really easy to produce material and people just like to share what they've created. So I, I, I guess that would be my, my guess. That sounds about right. And there are a lot of good ones too. And something else I noticed reading back through, um, and you know, this is going back. What's funny is 
you know, these posts are back from like 10 years ago. Time flies by so fast. Scary. So Very scary. I remember reading them and, and then now it's 10 years and, uh, you know, something else happened the other day. I just saw something about Nirvana's Nevermind, you know, written in an article and it just mentions it came out in 92. And I was thinking, wow, 20, you know, almost 20 years. And I was like, wait, no, my math's wrong. <laughs> almost 30 years. <laughs> exactly. No, it's true. It's true. I cannot believe that the, the 90s were that long ago, but yet they were. We're just all getting old. But uh, you mentioned how you much prefer print to PDF. And I'm the exact same way, you know, with anything. If there's any way to get the print, uh, I'm going to do it. And that seems just especially important to me with zines. I mean, sometimes you can't uh, avoid it, but you want to talk a little bit about, you know, that, uh, that desire for print as opposed to digital. Sure. I mean, it's, it's purely a preference, a sort of a taste thing. I, uh, I don't like reading things on my computer um, if I can avoid it. And I like having an actual physical artifact. So when I started making the excellent traveling volume i just decided I, I definitely wanted to go that route um partially too because it's it's actually fun to make the zines uh to put them together and uh and and have something that you can stuff in an envelope and mail off somewhere it's a that sort of tactile experience it's it's a it's a funny thing but i i i value that a great deal and so that's why i went with it it's not it's purely a matter of personal preference and taste. I, I, I wish I had something sort of deep and philosophical to say about it, but uh, I like being able to flip through zines and I have a pile of them and just sort of pull them out from time to time and, and look through them, even the ones that I've written, because it's just easy to do that. It's very, very, um, it's a nice portable, easy to use format and I, I enjoy thumbing through it. Yeah, it's just something special about, especially with a zine, just having the physical copy. They're like little treasures, little rarities that are, are never yes, going to be yes. mass produced. And um, uh, and uh, and there's variety with the sizes and everything. And you started to kind of talk a little bit about something I was going to get into when we start talking about your zine. I know that you kind of delay the PDF release, you know, for kind of a significant yes. time. Yes, yes. Yeah, I, initially I didn't want to do PDFs at all. Um, I, I like the idea of it being a purely print thing. Um, again, when you said little treasures, I think that that's was part of it. Uh, it. It made them special. But I had so many people who asked for um, a PDF version, electronic versions, that eventually I relented and I did produce them. Um, because there's some people, it's expensive to produce zines and to sell them and ship them uh, all around the world, especially if you're outside of North America, it can get quite expensive. So I, I can understand why people want the electronic ones. But I do, in order to keep making the, uh, the print ones somewhat special, there's a lag. Um, it depends. Uh, I, I won't generally release something in electronic version until the uh, next print one is imminent. So there's sort of a gap. And because there's no regular schedule, it's, it, it could be three months, it could be a year before in between the sort of the lag between them. Um, and I think that's worked reasonably well. Um, it's, uh, again, when you're talking zines, especially if it's about a very specific sort of thing like Tecamel, the audience is relatively small. Um, 
and that's okay. I mean, that's sort of, I, I wasn't doing it to reach a huge audience. I mean, I'd love it if there were, but it's, it's a very particular kind of interest. And uh, I'm not surprised. I, I, I would guess, though I don't know for sure, that the vast majority of the people who buy the zine already are pretty familiar with Tecmo. Um, but every now and again, I'll get emails from people saying, hey, this is the first time I've ever experienced this. this is a really neat setting. And now I've gone and bought all these other things from the TechML Foundation, which makes me happy. I'm glad of that. Well, uh, that kind of gets into something I was going to talk about, because for me, I've got uh, several of the iterations of uh, Empire of the Petal Throne. You know, it's kind of cha had drastic mechanic mechanical differences. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But um, I really, one of the reasons I like your zine so much is because it does make it accessible. And I know it's almost like a cliche when talking about the game that it's uh, so unapproachable and all this. And I really think it's, it's less the setting and it's maybe more the terminology because it's kind of the most impressive thing about it that uh, Professor Barker made up this whole language and everything else. But it makes it kind of difficult to remember names and titles and stuff like that. That's my theory, at least. For oh, no, you're right. You're right. It's definitely true. I mean, um, Tecmel is at, at root, I don't think, that much different than many other fantasy settings. I mean, you can still do pretty much all the things you would do when you're playing D&D. &D. It's just that it has a different cultural context, and that throws people off. But worse, I think, is the terminology, the the use of the words, the Soliani vocabulary that comes up, the names of things. It's very alien to people, and that does frighten people away. Um, but I, the thing that I've, I've hoped to do, and I, I think I've succeeded to some extent, is hitting home with people saying, yeah, sure, it has all these funny names, and they're different. It takes some time to get used to them. But you can still do all the things that you know. Uh, from other RPGs in in tech of, I mean, there you can built into the game is, for example, you know, dungeon crawling. It's right there. But if you want to do, you know, hex crawling exploration or sort of uh, mysteries or intrigue or whatever, all those things that you could typically do, you can do in TechML as well. And uh, you just have to get over that hump, I think, of the uh, the funny words and the um, the cultural context, which is a little bit different than your your sort of standard medieval European descended fantasy, but I, I, I hope I'm, I'm glad to hear that you think that the the zine has done something to to make it a little more accessible. Absolutely. In fact, the word I was going to use it might not be the the right word to use, but uh, I think your zine does a great job of kind of humanizing the setting. <laughs> and I don't think no, that... no, I, I I know exactly what you mean. Um, Tecamel does suffer a little bit. I mean, like the Tecamel source book, which is a terrific um, resource because it has all this information about the setting. It has pages and pages and pages of history, for example, that's at a very, very high level. And it's like, as I say, reading a history book. Uh, and it, it makes it hard. Well, what do I do? How do I, where's my entry point as a player or referee? So what, when you say humanize, I know exactly what you mean. It, it makes it a little bit easier for people to know, oh, this is what you do in TechML. Because if you just pick up one of the, the sort of source material books, it, it's hard to know that. You just sort of think, wow, this is really deep and, and rich, but where, what's my point of entry? What do I do with it all? 
Mm -hmm. And uh, and some of it, I think, too, is like especially the early stuff. It's almost got that fantasy games unlimited sort of layout where it's just really oh sure. dense and uh, it's just not yes yes yeah, so no nope, so, it's true. One of the great things about the zine is, uh, you know, I love the layout and I love the artwork. And so how do you, I've talked with several um, zine creators uh, like Ray Otis that can do it all. They're talented artists uh, and do the design as well. Whereas for myself, when I do something, I'm looking for other artists, you know, that I can use because stick figures are challenging for me. So yes, how, how, do you have any kind of recommendations or tips for people uh, when they're looking for um, artists or how do you approach that? That's a good question. Um, I wish I had tips because there are plenty of times when I, I wish I had a, a larger pool of artists. I mean, I was fortunate in that um, I made the acquaintance of a number of artists that I'd used for other projects over the years uh, whose work I liked and that I got along with and we were sort of on the same page. So when I started to do the zine, I just turned to them. They were people I'd already had a, a prior relationship with. Um, in terms of finding new ones periodically, you know, I used to back in the days of Google Plus moan of silence for that uh yeah, when it's still, <laughs> when it when it was around that was it was much easier to be able to to, to find uh, artists that way because i'd sometimes put out a call and say i was looking for people and i would either hear from someone directly or it would be sent along uh into other people's uh, streams and they would get it but i don't really have any advice unfortunately about how to find them because I, I i've been using the same artists for the most part through the whole run, and uh, they were people I knew beforehand. Well, the artwork is great, and and something else I wanted to talk about. I knew we were going to talk about um, your current zine, but I, I was looking back at uh, kind of the original um, uh, OSR type zines, like Fight On, and you had some great stuff in that. Uh, do you ever look back at those? Or I do, I do from time to time. Fight On was trick. It was very beginnings of uh, what would become the OSR and uh, I uh, I do look back on those things I still have all the all the issues and uh, it was really amazing and if you look at those articles that were in there the various things you'll see a lot of names you recognize right yeah absolutely it's like Gabor Lux it's uh, you know you know it's on and on and on and you know I've actually ran the um, um, uh, the ruined monastery adventure you did in there and it runs great oh really yeah and uh, another uh one of my favorites from those was one you did with uh rob conley the outdoor map where it's like a hex crawl um that you stocked and i thought that was uh that's still fantastic yeah both of the interestingly both of those were um experiments i guess early on when i was finding my footing in getting back into these games that I hadn't played in forever and just sort of seeing what would it be like to just use the rules as written and what could I come up with and just sort of I just would roll on tables and come up with things and that's how that all uh, that all came about uh, the uh, that yeah the ruin monastery that was like the very very first thing that I ever did I think that was OSR related I and I did that before I even had a blog. I I wrote it. I, it was after Gary Gygax died, and I was just sort of feeling it's like because a friend of mine told me, and that he had died, and I thought, oh, that's terrible. 
And I don't know, I was, was really strangely struck by it because I didn't, I, we had exchanged some emails over the years, but nothing, you know, we had no close connection. And I just cracked out my copy of the original D&D books and just said, oh, I'll roll up a dungeon sort of in his memory. And that was the dungeon I created. And then it was after Fight On started, I thought, hey, why don't I submit this uh, and do that? And uh, yeah, a number of people told me, they said, it's a great little dungeon. They enjoy it. It's, uh, it's fun. And I'm glad, I get, like everything, if someone uses something I wrote and enjoys it, I'm, I'm always glad to hear that. I, I really did enjoy it. The players did too. And I love that it's like a hand-drawn map. You know, it gives it that, that, uh, I don't know. I just love that feel. Um, so have you been following along with zine quest at all? Uh, some of these zines? Come I up? have, n I, I have not. Um, I, I'm really out of touch with things these days. I am afraid. Um, I know of many zines that exist few that um that i like a great deal um but uh you probably know way more about what's what's current right now as far as zines than i do yeah what's cool about it is uh i was telling myself as i approached it that you know i was definitely going to buy some old school stuff but i was really interested in some of just the weird off the wall stuff that people are doing like uh one person's doing uh this zine about where you portray a, a bored, you know, rich housewife that's fighting over being able to run the, uh, like the poodle contest, you know, and stuff really? like <laughs> so that. Really? So I'm just looking for some original, you know, different stuff, uh, you know, mixed in with everything. So it, it's been really cool. Uh, I was just, um, I was going to say that, um, you know, looking back at some of your old posts and, and some of my posts, I, I did one something like eight eight or nine years ago where I was talking about we're kind of like entering into a golden age of the RPG zine because there were so many zines coming out. And, and even then, I couldn't have foreseen, you know, just the deluge. And uh, it's not just D&D. &D, it's for every kind of game. Uh, there's so many coming out. It's really cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm really happy to see that. Um, there's too many to keep up with. That's the only real complaint um, is there's just so many of them now. And uh, I think it's really terrific. I mean, I, I, I love getting things in the mail since I pretty much don't get anything in the mail anymore. It's mostly just junk. Uh, so getting a, an envelope that all the zines come in in the mail that someone has sent to me is, uh, is nice. I enjoy seeing that. You know, that is a good point, getting stuff in the mail. Um, that is something special about it that I hadn't really thought about. But when I see that envelope and I can feel the, you know, I can feel the thickness and I know it's in there, <laughs> it's a good feeling. Yeah, it is a good feeling. Yeah. All right. So I've got the questions three that I ask everybody that comes on the show. Are you ready? Okay. I am. And now some of it we already, you know, already kind of gets talked about, but um, what makes zines so magical? Gee, um, there are lots of things, but uh, I think the thing that I like most about zines is that um, they are a, 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 a sort of a, um, a small, condensed collection of things that some person, like a real human being out there, not some company that was... It, it did this, but a person has 
collected together, put there, and decided I want to share this with people. And that that's what I like about them is this the variety of different things you see. I mean, many zines are written by one person. So you get sort of an example of, of, of that person's creativity and imagination. And sometimes there are multiple people, but they had to put this all under two covers, stapled together, and send it out. And uh, it just feels much more um, intimate to me than most uh, professionally published RPG products. And I, I love that. I think that's terrific. Okay, question two. What is something you've learned making zines that you wish you'd known when you started? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, there are a number of things I have. Um, gee. Um, well, I, I can tell you this, you need a bigger stapler. Uh, a, regular <laughs> sta a regular stapler doesn't work. Uh, that's something I didn't know right away. Um, and I've had someone else say, uh, don't buy a cheap stapler because it's going to Absolutely. Break. Well, that's true. That's true. But I mean, when I first started, I just thought, oh, I'll just use a regular stapler. But it's like, no, you need to have a proper long-armed stapler. And a good one. Yes, that's true. Uh, I, I think the other thing I wish I had known, um, and I could have known this, but I didn't, is just how expensive it costs to mail things, that postage is very expensive. And... Uh, it took a while for me to adjust things so that uh, I could budget properly to deal with that. Okay, and question three, do you have a favorite zine? Hmm, there are several I like, so being a favorite is hard to say. Um, I will say, I, I, the one immediately comes to mind that I like a great deal, although it's only had, I think, two issues now, uh, through Oltan's Dorm. Oh yeah, I've got them both. Love it. That's that's an excellent, excellent zine. I really like that. It is. Uh, it's a good example of what I was talking about. It's sort of you get a one person's take on something that's a little different than you probably would see otherwise. And I'm glad to see that. Um, I, I also am fond of, and this I think is a speaking of of hometown related things. Uh, do you know Dice Roll Zine? Yes. I have uh, the first two. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And the yes. third one is actually getting kickstarted as part of ZineQuest right now. So. Yes. Yes, that's right. I did know that. So, um, and Steve actually lives not that far away from me. Um, so it's, uh, I, I have a fondness for that because again, he does things that I, I wouldn't do, or you probably wouldn't see. Otherwise there's some pretty funky stuff in there and I appreciate that. But uh, favorite? I'm not sure. There, there well, are you know, it's I've, hard. I, I, I'm, you know, it allows people to give more than one thing and just uh, some. Yes, it helps people to well, those, maybe those hear are the two something. Well, that immediately come to my mind. Well, those I, are two I, really I like good them. ones. Two really good ones. In fact, I, I'm on the mailing list for through Alton's door. It says uh, sell out, and uh, just to make sure that I don't miss one of those. Uh, yes. Talk about talk about some artwork. Yes, that's right. That those are beautiful. Um, that's a really nice. I like the covers, how detachable from them and uses maps and things like that. It's it's a nice design. And again, it's different. It's very very different. I mean, all, so many things about it are different. And I think zines are. They they just uh, allow people to express their creativity in a way that 
you don't often see. And I really, I just appreciate that a great deal. They're, they're a terrific uh, medium. Well, I really appreciate you. Thank you so much again for coming on. James Maliszewski. Thanks for having me. All right. So that was great to get to talk with James there. And again, I got tons of links up. I got a link to the excellent traveling volume site as well as techml.com, the Grognardia Games drive-through stuff, uh, Grognardia blog. I just noticed Dyson Logos, who, as it was mentioned, uh, plays in a game with with James uh, had put up a, a cool post about observing a few observations after 175 sessions of Empire of the Petal Throne. So since that ties right into it, I've got that link up to you. I've also got links to all of James's zine picks, the Through Olton's Door stuff from Ben Lawrence, as well as the Dice Roll zine from Steve C. So as well as uh, I, maybe by you list, time you listen to this, it might be gone. It might be funded, but uh, the Dice Roll Zine number three on Zine Quest. And so it is fitting that for the free Zine of the Week, since we were talking about Traveler and all the Zines for it, uh, free Zine of the Week, Freelance Traveler. Freelance Traveler. Long-running digital Zine. In fact, uh, this is up to, what, 97 issues. Wow. 97 issues going back all the way to to November 2009. And so, uh, you know, almost 100 free issues is this Traveler stuff. It is such a great time to be playing Traveler because, first of all, you can get 100, you know, I mean, more gaming material than you're ever going to use with this freelance Traveler stuff. Excellent zine. But then also you can play the game for free. Um, Stella Gamma Publishing has uh, d- does Cepheus Engine has been uh, you know made made Traveler accessible to to a lot of people for free. There are a lot of different flavors of Cepheus Engine that you can use. My favorite is Cepheus Faster Than Light, and so this is uh, it strips away some of the stuff that maybe I don't use, um, uh, and 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 kind of boils the game down. Fairly simply. Now, it's a little bit slightly different than Classic Traveler. I mean, that's still going to be probably the best version to use if you can get your hands on it. But if you want to play for free, you can use the Cepheus Faster Than Light. You know, it's compatible with any of the the Travelers without without much to do. So I put up a link to Cepheus Faster Than Light. Download that for free. So if you're wanting to get into Traveler and never have... Between the Cepheus Faster Than Light link that I put up and the Freelance Traveler Freezing of the Week with 100 issues of that, you've got tra- more Traveler than you're ever going to use. So so anyway, check that out. All right, so that is the show for this week. Thanks, Special thanks goes to James Malashevsky for coming by and joining the club. Great conversation, and I uh, really appreciated uh, James taking the time to do that. And uh, yeah, thanks for everybody that called in. Thank you for listening. If you have any news, uh, anything you want to share, you want to send me something, you've got something coming up, you want to be interviewed, anything like that, you can message me on the Anchor app uh, or go to anchor.fm forward slash thought eater and there'll be a message button there. You can leave me a comment. I'll put you on the show. You can join the club yourself. Uh, You can also email me, frothsof, frothsoft at gmail.com. Remember that all... These links are up other the Thought Eater blog, frothsoftdnd.blogspot.com. Um, what else? Oh, if you haven't listened to it on Friday, I was a kitty. My kitty joined the show, and 
we were talking about some cool dice apps I've noticed. So on Fridays, I do a five-minute Friday show. These, This and the Hump Day Bloggerama tend to be really long, so I do something really short on Fridays. So if you haven't checked that out, go check it out. And uh, coming up on Wednesday, the whole cycle will start again. We'll be back with the Hump Day Bloggerama, a weekly show where I'm following along with a 1,000 blogs or so and uh, share some cool stuff that I noticed and, and then put up all the links for you over at the Thought Eater blog. If uh, you want to support the program, there are a number of ways you can do so. You can just add me to your blog roll, share it on social media. You can, um, uh, if you want to be a sponsor on this program or the Hump Day Bloggerama, you can reach out to me in one of the ways that we mentioned. And then also you can join my Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash thought eater. It's just a single tier. It's a dollar a month. So if you want to just chip a dollar into the tip jar and uh, support what I'm doing, uh, that would be awesome. And I'm really appreciative of the folks that are already already doing that. Other than that, I think that's pretty much everything. I'm uh, recording this on Saturday to have it ready for Sunday morning. And uh, so I've got my Savage Worlds game tonight that I'll be running. So I'm looking forward to that. And I just hope you're having a great weekend. Uh, getting some gaming in, spending some good time with your family and everything else. So, Logan, let's go. Sickly platypus, a psychic grenade. Zeroing in on your mental trade. Gonna help you escape from the grind. Thought eater gonna blow your mind. Boom, 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 boom,